The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Miracle of Healing, where we come together every week to discuss and discover a roadmap to healing. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I hope you can join us since the world needs all the healing it can get. And we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. Hey, everybody, I'm Lisa Campion, and this is the Miracle of Healing on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. So here's a great question for you. Is there actually magic and wisdom in the spaces between the chaos and crisis? If you're anything like me, you're bouncing around from one chaotic event in your life to another. And kind of when you get to those moments in between when stuff's not actually happening, it feels kind of like a blank canvas. It's just kind of like maybe you catch your breath, have a cup of tea and like get yourself ready for the next influx of events. Well, what? If it was possible, actually, to step into and not over the thresholds of these spaces in between, these liminal spaces in between the stuff that's happening. What if that's full of significance and meaning and these gems of wisdom that sort of fall at our feet? And if we're not tuning into that liminal liminal space, chances are we are going to miss that incredible in-between. So I'm super happy to talk about this. We have Sandy Hart here today. And she wrote this fantastic book. It's really beautiful. I have a copy of it right here. The Liminal Odyssey, The Alchemical Power of the Spaces in Between. Sandy is just an amazing person. She has She's an award-winning leader in the field of women's empowerment, interfaith community building, and has really like given her life to helping people, I don't know, helping women and, um, and other people find voice in the times that we live in. So I'm super happy to speak to you about this topic. And thanks for being here today, Sandy. Thank you, Lisa. I'm tickled, delighted and happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about what what is this liminal odyssey? What is the space in between? Well, I love your introduction, because you pretty much articulated that we race through our life. Typically, we kind of go through our life and experience these things and then get kind of tussled in the whitewater. And then we come out the other side and often with certain modalities and methods to help us or not, we just manage our way through. And we know there's a cycle. Things happen, then they 
clear up and then they happen again, they clear up. Um, and I, I realized that it's those moments of being tussled in the white water because it's going to happen. It's life, right? Mm. That's actually where the juice is. That's where the miracle is, is when you're in that space, because that's our opportunity to stop and go, okay, what's going on here? Is it really what I think it is? Is it really that bad? How am I responding? Um, and and what is it that's informing my viewpoint on this situation? And then when you start to recognize that, that's where the miracles you know, are disclosed because they're there. It's just up to us to reveal them. So that is what can happen in the liminal space. And by the way, I didn't know what the word liminal meant even about a year or so ago. And as soon as I understood it meant threshold, that it meant that space. I love the word and I love the concept. So my favorite times, like I love dusk and dawn. I love like where we are now and the changes of the season, like the liminal space. I love that edge of falling asleep and waking up. The liminal spaces to me are like my favorite. Yeah, it's the it's from from dawn to sunset is called twilight. Right. Oh, I just got full body. I never realized that until you just said that, Lisa. Yeah. Yeah. So it requires us to become aware and slow down to the speed of awe and wonder. Right. Right. Recognize those moments. And what and what happens in when we do that? What what happens? What's possible? Well, first of all, you learn a lot about yourself. (laughs) <laughs> you learn a lot about who you are. And then when when you do get there, you see the magic and the, and the gift and the opportunity. You see that these are things that are happening for us, not to us, which may not be unfamiliar to many of, of the listeners and or to you. And that we've heard this before. Things don't happen to us. They happen for us. But they really are opportunities. Um, perhaps somebody who just betrayed you and and um, what felt like it's just somebody who just took all the wind out of you. I've come to find in my experiences over time, I can look back and go, wow, I dodged a bullet mm-hmm. with, with that relationship or certain circumstances not happening the way I thought they should. Right. The thought right. that I thought they should um, were dodging a bullet that I was really just perhaps that experience was spirit hit me over the head with the brick saying, no, this is the direction perhaps to, to pay attention to. And I do think that it requires a certain amount of capacity building. It's right. I mean, this idea of what happens in the space, this idea, the outcome is easy to talk about, but how do we actually put it into practice? Because I do believe it requires practice. Yeah, what what is that like? What what do we need to know in order to find the alchemy in those moments? I think that it's a confluence of skills. I mean, um, if you're like me, you have about three hundred books on your bookshelf of self help books, right? And there are thousands of books on the, on every modality and methodology of how to how our brain works, how our, how to be in touch with our body, how to think through different things, inspirational stories about how people or women in particular will tell their stories. I can only speak for myself. And these are my inspirations like Brene Brown or Elizabeth Gilbert. When, when yeah, these authors too. 
yeah, when they bring, I'm not surprised when they, when they bring you through their life journey, you're like, oh, that's a great way to, but how do we remember that in advance? How do we practice those skills that they showed us in advance of needing to pull them up? I, I found, why aren't these things working for me? Why am I still flying off the handle? Why am I still, why is my, my nervous system deregulated right now? Well, because I'm trying to fix the problem while I'm in the crisis. What happens if we practice these skills, which I can share with you a number of them actually briefly, um, but what happens if we practice them in advance so they become part of not just our behavioral patterns, right? We make them habits, right? They become part of our behavioral patterns, but that means they become our personality, right? This is just how I respond to something. It's my personality. So I'll give you a couple. Okay. One is, well, the first and the easiest is awareness, practicing awareness. You can do this five times a day, set your calendar for 21 days. This is how you create a habit, right? Neuroscientists has, has proven over the last couple of you know, decades that our minds are, are, our, our brains are malleable, that the more we practice something over and over and over again, it becomes ingro- grooved into our brain. So a thought streams easily when it's time to pull it up. Our subconscious picks it up. We don't really have to think about um, how to get to work or, or certain patterns in our behavior that are just automatic. They run, they're running in the background. So practicing awareness, you can do five times a day. And by the way, we go to the restroom five times a day. So there's okay. an easy one. Okay? Let's, or whatever works for you. But think of something you do all the time. Every time you open the refrigerator, which I do more than five times a day, unfortunately, um, then that is going to be my anchor trigger to remember awareness. Okay, what's going on in my body right now? Take a second. What am I feeling in my throat? What, what's popping in me right now? What am I feeling? And what am I noticing? Just pay attention. Sometimes people, that's the only thing in their day that they remember the things that they paid attention to. So the power of awareness cannot be understated. And awareness actually brings cultivating synchronicities. It makes you think about different things that are showing up that make sense together. I think this is how spirit talks to us. So cultivating synchronicities is a practice too. So those are two good ones right there. I love them. I love that. And when I was um, diving into your book, I was thinking about like for me, it's been like not taking things so personally when they happen in a way, cultivating curiosity instead of judgment. Like, oh, isn't isn't this interesting? <laughs> when things get really crazy <laughs> in my life, I go, isn't this interesting? And then um, that shift, like kind of instead of this isn't shouldn't be happening because I think our personal self, like our ego self, somehow we go to this shouldn't be happening. It's kind of our fallback. Well, wh- is that really like? What if it should be happening, you know, and what and what if it's not personal or what if it's like an expression of your soul or your higher self and your, you know, your pesky ego just is kicking up a fuss about it because we don't like that stuff. Oh, it, exactly. Lisa, that's another skill, questioning assumptions. Right. Questioning assumptions. What if I'm wrong about this? What if there's another way? And paying it that then that comes with awareness. You see what's happening? These skills they build. They're building blocks. They re- yeah. they're multi-dimensional, but they're also interrelated, mutually supportive. Questioning assumptions, and it's time right now. I mean, if you're like me, <laughs> you don't have to 
look too far to see that systems are crashing all around us. The political system isn't what we thought it was here in the United States. Uh, the environmental system really isn't going to hold us much longer. You know, right. I'm 61 years old. My entire life, we've been in an environmental crisis. I think we're pushing the envelope here. Um, all systems across the board are crashing. It's time to question assumptions. Dr. Rianne Eisler, who wrote The Chalice and the Blade, Sacred Pleasures, Real Wealth of Nations. Great, great stuff. I'm honored to call her a friend. She uses the term the domination trance. We've been walking through the domination trance for millennium. You know, yeah. we've been way too long. Yeah. And that's because we're separate from ourselves. We're separate from our relationship to the planet. We're separate from our relationship to our body and we're separate from our relationship to one another. So we have to question those assumptions. Um, why? Why is that? And, is it, and what if we're wrong about it? Well, I think I love what you said about disconnection and all the practices that you're talking about, especially the practice of awareness, right? Helps us reconnect, you know, reconnect to ourselves, reconnect to our higher self, to divine sources. It's, it's pretty easy to pull the wool over the eyes of disconnected people, you know, but when we start reconnecting to ourselves, to each other, right, to higher source, then, you know, the other things you talked about sort of maybe open up for us, synchronicities, all those other things. And trust, trust is like a, a big one that you talk about in your book, too. Trust is so important because all of these things require trust that you're, you know, that what you're seeing is what you think you're seeing or, or trust that, you know, the answers that you get in those spaces have merit, right? right. I love that. I, I really do. I think that trust is such a critically important skill to practice. It's hard I for me. I think we stop trusting ourselves. It's sort of in that trance, you know, you were talking about and, when we get disconnected from each other and we get disconnected from ourselves, we stop being able to trust that what we're experiencing or feeling or sensing is real. Well, we've been taught that it's been socialized out of us. Don't listen to your own good senses. Listen to who you've put into power. Right. Um, as a community builder, I've come to learn that the real power is in the community and in the culture of that community and culture is nothing more than a collective agreement by all of us. So what are we agreeing to? What am I agreeing to? All I can, all, I really only have control over myself, no matter what I want to think. <laughs> I can only, can, so what am I agreeing to? Well, I better be impeccable with what I'm agreeing to because it matters to the whole culture. And when we recognize the critical importance that we each carry in our day, what we buy, the words we use, you know, where we put our energy, even where we work. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's everything we do in our day impacts everybody else. We are not separate from one another. And that becomes acutely clear when we get to the place of awareness, which happens in those spaces in between where we get to put them into practice. Can you give us an example? I'd love to hear a story from your life or from somebody else you can you feel like you can share about, you know, what this process looks like or what the potential is. Well, yeah, and it's actually a story in the book. Um, and it's like picking my favorite child right now. <laughs> but this is the one that popped in on me, and this is the one I guess I'll share. 
um, I w- was madly in love when I was 15 years old, right? I found love. Love found me. We found one another. And then came the heartbreak and the devastation that I carried with me for 30 years. Even though I didn't realize it, I carried that with me for 30 years. But as I'm starting to learn about awareness, as I'm starting to learn about body awareness, another important skill, as I'm starting to employ a lot of the things that I found on my bookshelf, I, I, I started going, okay, well, what is this that's, that is creating this pattern of behavior? And it was the pain and the suffering and the fear of this relationship that this relationship had implanted in me. I was afraid of having a certain level of intimacy in a relationship. And that prompted me to start looking for this guy, right, after about 30 years. And I found him strapped to a hospital bed in a convalescent home not far from me. Wow. Yeah. And I remember thinking, oh, did I wish this to happen because our thoughts matter? (laughs) Because I had some pretty evil thoughts about him when it happened as a teenager. Um, and that's, you know, I have to admit it. I think, you know, I just got to be really authentic and, and clear and honest in my writing. You are my accountability partner as my reader. At any rate, um, when I finally got to San Diego, and which is where he was, and I walked into the convalescent home, I felt that 30-pound weight drop everything cleared for me. That experience would never have happened had I not been practicing body awareness, had I not been questioning assumptions. You know, these were some of the skills that were kind of, I was coming into at this time and it changed everything for me. And I drove away from that place. I could have probably flown without an airplane. I mean, I really remember floating away from there and not even being able to process it. So that was a miracle that I experienced. Wow. Right. Right. What a beautiful story. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that and letting go, forgiving, releasing pain, letting go of whatever trauma that, you know, happened, created a wound in you. Sounds like you were maybe able to find some forgiveness and peace in that moment. I understood forgiveness, but if anybody had sat there and counseled me on forgiveness or counseled me on, um, you know, letting go of this baggage, that much of which I didn't even know I was carrying completely or the magnitude of it. I knew I was carrying the baggage. I just didn't know the impact it had on my life until I started living on the other side of it. I wouldn't have been able to process it. I couldn't have done it without having started those building blocks of experiences until it became a part of my behavior. Because it's one thing to tell us something, but when you really believe it to the point of it being a part of who you are, then it's a natural byproduct of the practice. It's a result of the practice is that and my personality. Thanks so much for sharing that beautiful miracle with us. Um, Let's take a real quick break. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. 
Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. We are back in the conversation with Sandy Hart talking about her beautiful book, The Liminal Odyssey. So let's talk about The Liminal Odyssey. You talk a little bit about the hero's journey, the heroine's journey, and how it's been that's been a really meaningful part of my exploration, too. And you said didn't quite fit for you. And this Liminal Odyssey, which you named your book in that, that title, is different in some way. T- tell me more about that. I'm super curious about that. Yeah, well, first I was going, uh, one of the working titles was Liminal Journey, but uh, because I had been putting so much energy into framing my book by the hero's journey, it was an exploration while I'm writing the book. I started seeing these stories. I'm like, wait, this looks like a hero's journey, but it really was missing the mark for me. I realized that we're talking about questioning assumptions and creating a new way of being together requires us to think think in a radically creative way. And that means the hero's journey, which is generally linear or it's described in a circle because there's a, there's, um, you, you know, you leave your comfortable place, there's a separation and the trials and, and then the, re, and the resurrection and the return. Well, and so it comes in a circle. Then I've seen the heroine's journey, which is more like a spiral. And I'm like, it still is missing too much because it talks about these contemplative stages of the hero's journey, right? What, you know, here's some mile markers of what happens. And those are absolutely appropriate and accurate to your life's journey in any Disney movie and any George Lucas film, you know, how the storyline goes, but there, nothing is marking what happens in between, like, what is it going on inside of us that happens? I mean, those things happen to us, right? Mm. You have these experiences in your life and you can map them in that way, but what if you had more control in that space? And what if you could design where your journey is going to go? And by the way, my the Odyssey doesn't, doesn't go in a linear fashion, whether it's a circle or a spiral. It zigs and zags. I have had, I have returns every single day. I have resurrections all day long, right? So um, I that got me to start thinking about I, uh, what it would be if we're creating a wide new front, a wild new frontier. And then I got this, I got the vision of a spaceship going through space in the darkness. Um, and whether you turn left or right or up or down, it all looks, it's all black, you know, it's all uncharted territory. It's all the new frontier. And I think that's where we are right now. We have to come up with wildly new solutions to old problems that no longer serve us. They never really did, but again, we've been duped to believe they, they are for yeah. our good. It's, it's time for a change. And we've really outgrown maybe the the hero's journey is very like 3D kind of, you know, like old modality, old paradigm, right? So it sounds like you're taking that and sort of evolving it up into a new paradigm, like shifting it along with the, the shift in consciousness that we're going through right now as a collective into like 
more of a quantum kind of heroes. The quantum hero's journey is existing at all points at the same time. It's not a linear thing, right? We're in the fifth dimension. Literally. Fifth dimension, exactly. I think I even yeah. quote the, the fifth dimension, the band, Marilyn McCoo. We are in a fifth dimension. We're, we're seeing new colors. We're seeing new possibilities. We're, and it's a fascinating time to be alive. You know, yeah. I mentioned we're in this, this crashing of all these systems, right? Um, and this is nature. When you plant a, a seed in the ground, it has to fall apart. It disintegrates. Right. It falls apart. And then what emerges is something very different from what it's DNA is com- like the butterfly. The DNA is completely rearranged. The seed is completely emerging, something completely different. And yet we're at that place where we can see the seed falling apart. We can feel it, right? Mm, and, it never feels uh, good to us humans. We don't like that part. Yeah, it's the stretch. Yeah, but I think like you and you bring up the concept of alchemy in the title of your book, too. And that that's a part of the sort of fundamental alchemical process, right? Where things coagulate, things exist, things dissolve, things deconstruct. And that's yeah. just a normal part of the cycle of evolution. Right. And transformation. And, and, transformation. and what we put in that um, Petri dish or the cauldron or whatever alchemists would use, we'll say a Petri dish, whatever you put into it, um, whether it's the 12 skills that I mentioned in the book, add your skills that already work for you that aren't mentioned in the book or you that have really helped you and see what happens when that there's the alchemy. The alchemy is it's not a one fit fix for everyone. Mm -hmm. What matters is that we, that we look at what we have, we practice them when we don't need them and that, but we practice them in unison and we recognize, we just keep open to all possibilities um, of, and so that when we practice them and they become part of who we are, we're prepared. We have the capacity to manage any crashing wave that, that tosses us around. What do you think about how we can comfort that really human inner child kind of part of us that just doesn't like change, wants to know, mm-hmm. you know, hold on and be assured there's going to be a happy ending here. And like, what, how do we comfort ourselves in the middle of the system crash? Oh, what a great question. You know, I think it's not just responsibility right now to be alive at this time. I think it's an incredible privilege. So first of all, I love that question. I have never been asked that question before. And, you know, immediately I realize that I come back to nature. Well, a seed is very comfy and cozy in the darkness underground where it knows where it's at. A baby in our womb knows it's got everything it needs, doesn't it? Mm. Right? It's got nutrients, it's got comfort, it can, it, it can rest, it can do whatever it needs to do in that space. It's got everything it needs. It has no idea what's going to happen on the other side. And that's where we're at right now, you know, and we, I can't wait to get there. I don't think it'll happen in my lifetime, but I know my, my, my granddaughter and my grandson possibly will. Um, and, and that makes my responsibility even far greater to what they're going to grow into. So I have to be impeccable. So what would I say to my inner or what do I say to my inner child? Trust. You know, it's the practice. And I don't think because I can only speak for myself because this is how I process things. I actually you can't tell me 
you know, here's a great skill, use this. And it's like, well, just like that, it's not going to work for me. I have to practice it. I have to put it into, I have to make it work for me and, and, and not wait until a crashing wave again. I know I've said this three times, um, but it's what wants to be said here, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, this morning before my eyes were open, I got like, oh, you know, I'm in a situation. I, something might go one way or the other. And I've just got to realize, oh, trust that either way is going to be divine. Either way is going to be exactly what I'm supposed to go. And I can't wait to find out what it is. It's great. I love that. That's sort of like, for me, I think that faith, you know, faith is sort of the answer for me. And that that's kind of like mm-hmm. a trust. It's a trust thing. And myself to be able to deal with whatever comes along and and in the divine plan even when i can't see it you know and we can't it's i don't know if we can but i certainly can't so for me it's that sort of faith like i love that about a better world for your grandchildren and having faith that this is what we have to go through as part of that process yeah, I love yeah. that you brought up faith. I'm an interfaith activist too, and that's where I kind of got my start into this world, out of the corporate world, and into that after 9/11. But um, faith is so important because it does enlist a higher vibration, right? Right. We immediately think, okay, whether it's God's spirit, you know, you know, the great unknowing, whatever your faith tradition is, or non-faith, whatever you secular ethic is um then you are going to you're you're going to remove yourself from your own ego from the baggage and go i trust that this is going to happen for the greater good right and i also think like many of us have decided we decided to come here during this time so we could be of assistance you know as things get crazy down here and, you know, we write the books, we help the people, we create the communities to assist. Like for me, it's always, I've always known, I remember being really little, like 12 years old and knowing that it was going to get crazy and, and feeling honestly, like it was going to be, there was going to be a pandemic that was part of the craziness and just knowing, well, that's like, put me in the game coach. That's why I came down here, you know? Yeah. So yeah. That's another important skill is um, is coming to learn, and it's a it's a result of the building blocks of skills. Actually, is is discovering and disclose disclosing your planetary assignment. Right. What are you here to do? Everybody, stop doing what other people want you to do. Do what your soul wants you to do, and trust that that is exactly what it should be, right? And if you're if, if you know, don't don't you know, toss your responsibilities because we still live on this planet with other people, but truly question assumptions about what you're doing. And is it what your soul planetary assignment is, your divine assignment? I love yeah. that. Beautiful. What a beautiful conversation. So I want to give everybody a chance to find you and your book. Where do they go if they want to reach you and how do they find your book? Well, they can find me at the Liminal Odyssey or liminalodyssey.com. Um, Sandy Hart is dot um, uh, com as well, and the books on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever uh, booksellers, Goodreads, wherever you find your books, you online anyway. And the audiobook is coming out really soon. I'm How very exciting. excited. There's something really special about that. We have a second. Oh, good. Yeah. I reached out to a really good friend of mine um, who is a, uh, a Native American flute maker, 
And she plays for all the indigenous grandmothers and elders. Where, you know, she's on all kinds of stages all over the place. And um, I reached out to her and I said, can I use one of your songs to kind of lace together the chapters? maybe play under this or that quote or what have you. And she says, you know what I'd really rather do, because she had read the book, she says, I think I need to record a Liminal Odyssey album. And she basically, every song is in the energy of that chapter. And so she's in the studio right now recording it. And it's the only thing I'm waiting for is that music. How magical. um, Well, thank you. I'm thrilled. Everything about this book has shown up in that way, including my, my trust frequency editor, Connie Baxter Marlowe, who is, has become a friend of mine over the years. And when I gave her my manuscript to read before it went to be published, she said, let's just make a few tweaks, tiny little tweaks, you know, itty bitty little tweaks. Nobody may notice, but they hopefully will feel it. And because it raises the vibration. And so people like that have shown up. including. Yeah, it has. It's miracles everywhere. Miracles, miracles everywhere. Mm, so lovely. Thank you so much for joining us in this conversation. And it's lovely speaking with you. Thank you, Lisa. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I've learned a lot from you. Thank you. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you. And thanks all of you guys for tuning in and listening to this fascinating conversation. I know you don't want to miss a thing. So please make sure you subscribe. And so you can hear all the stories that we're doing. And if you want to come and visit me, you can find me at lisacampion.com, my website, stop by and visit, say hello, love to hear from you. So thanks so much for joining us at the Miracle of Healing, where we are saving the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.